0: All right, y'all. We're back here for another episode of Chasing Birdies, and it's Thursday. That means we're closer to the weekend.
1: Closer to the weekend. We, we're going to Pikewood National for the return of the champions for the practice round. I don't yep. think we're going to play 18 holes, but it's like a tour event, right? I'm going to show up and play nine holes, Buck yep. it up with some people, range it a little bit, maybe get my clubs tweaked
0: a little bit. And... Yep. We are back. Yeah, man. It's going to be. It's going to be a battle. Last week, a battle. I was fortunate enough to play in the Allegheny member guest with our buddy JR Hess. What a fucking beauty he is, man. I Genets mean this kid Oh, we had a blast. We had a blast. But JR played exceptional. I played well. I played really well. JR played really, really well. We won the flight. You know, we won our flight. So That's that's
1: awesome. I will say that <laughs> JR thinks that he's gonna sneak into anything. But you got another thing
0: coming for you. Well, real quick. We played, we played great, win the flight, and congratulations to Brian John and Patrick Our Oth boy. for winning. Our that boy, Bimmer.
1: Bimmer. I saw a photo of them with the trophy, and Pat Oth had on the uh, award sweater, boys.
0: Yeah, a little Oakmont throwback there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so, no, man, it was great. We get into the shootout. They call out Team Hess, Team Oth, and Team Roethlisberger. First tee, bud. 60 people watching from the veranda at allegheny if you know allegheny people out there especially pittsburgh people you know number one's right by the veranda so it's us bimmer and Oth, roethlisberger and his partner and i tell you what right there my whoop went up from about 90 heart per minute to 100 and freaking 60 you a little and, nervous bud oh bud i got a, i got a little nervous first tee in the shootout bud rumor has it that you said you were nervous The most nervous I've ever been on a tee box. I can honestly say that, but people watching gotta make birdie. You're in a group with Roethlisberger. I mean, you know, not, not that I know the guy or he knows me, but it's like, damn. And, uh, hit a little, little toe on the first hole into the fescue. JR made a clutch putt. Anyways, not to talk about it. The Allegheny member guest was phenomenal. Thank you, JR. Uh, we did not win. Congrats to member again, but, uh, so, you and I today, buddy. I, I uh, do
1: want to say, though, this episode is brought to you by Lynx Brewing. And mm-hmm. uh, you like my new hat, bud? Yeah. Uh, we were hat. just with the Lynx Brewing boys Tuesday and Wednesday at Oakmont. And we had our buddy George Burge, which is mm-hmm. going to be, um, I'm assuming, the next episode, but you can make that call. It was a great time. I mean, Tuesday night, bud, he was oh, jamming boy. in that house with the boys. They, they were, were loving, loving it. it. Loving uh, it. <sighs> We're loving it. So it was good. Uh, the beers were flowing. Lynx Brewing. Again, go to lynxbrewing.com. Check them out. They have a lot of offerings. Most important offering is the Chase and Birdie Blawdale. So, mm-hmm. you today's episode is pretty
0: cool, too. And I was just going to say, for you drinkers out there, and maybe not beer, I mean, we got Josh Miller on Chase and Birdie podcast today, founder of Owens Mixers. You may know Owens through the Barstool people. You may know Owens because you're a Moscow Mule fan um but anyways this guy is a avid golfer phenomenal entrepreneur started from scratch blew the brand up and he was so kind to give us some time and jump on here on chasing birdies dude his
1: stories you talk about chasing birdies that's chasing birdies i mean it's cool to see though somebody took a shot like they said if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and that's what we did with the chasing birdies brand so Mm -hmm. we appreciate everyone following
0: uh, well, I was just gonna say. I mean, we got to give a little shout out to Matt Fitzpatrick for winning the U.S. Open. But
1: did you see the putts he was making on the final round? You don't make that. That's what I, you don't make those putts unless yeah. you're, like it's everything's on your side. And I wanted Zalatoris to win just because he's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, 18, I thought he jarred it. But I will say, I'm so happy for the Bettinardi team. Yep. Uh, again, sponsor of the show, but. Another major for them, and yep. they are sneaky right now, dude. There's a lot of people winning with Betnardi putters right now, and there's a reason why.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So we need to win a major this week.
0: Let's do it, right. baby. Let's we get both up We've got
1: there. Bettys, and let's um, roll on up.
0: All right, y'all. Enjoy this episode with Josh Miller from Owens Mixers. As you all know by now, Chasing Birdies is proud to be partners with Holderness and Bourne. Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Bourne makes fabulous pieces that help you look good on the course even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to chasenbirdies.com to get some custom chasing birdie gear from Holderness and Bourne. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's chasinbirdies.com and Holderness and Bourne at hbgolf.com. All right, y'all, we're back here for another episode of Chasin' Birdies. And today, our guest, I mean, you look him up on the internet, he's everywhere. Uh, With respect to his company that he co-founded, Owens Craft Mixers, you may be familiar with them through the Barstool brand. You may be familiar with them in a local restaurant in New York City. But today, we have Josh Miller here on the Chasin' Birdies podcast. Josh, thank you, man.
2: Thanks for having me on. excited to be on here. The hype is real.
0: The hype is real. That's yeah. right, man.
2: And it's, it's, it's good to good see to a guy like
0: you, yeah, doing what you're doing right now in life. So how's everything going with you? You're out in California, correct?
2: I am actually in South Portland, Maine right now. Um, oh. It's kind of funny. Uh, Owens is named after my great-great-grandfather, who was an Irish immigrant who migrated to the United States in 1864. I'm in the house that his son, William Woods, built. Um, and I took it over in 2007 with my sister. That's sick. So that's the original blueprint from 1932. Damn. Um, and, uh, it's, we've changed a little bit since 1932, yeah. but, we uh, You got electricity. I'm in South Portland, Maine for the summer. So our family is deeply rooted in Maine. And so, uh, it's pretty cool to be back here and be able to be flexible to live here for the summer.
1: So, so uh, Portland, Maine, my college teammate is from there. You might, I don't know if you play a lot golf, his name's Sean Warren. I don't know if you're familiar with that name. He played at Marshall university, but he's up in Bangor. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just north of me about two hours. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to make an introduction to you. He likes to uh, have some fun and he's, he just played in the PGA championship as well. So. Maine has some sneaky
2: good golf courses here. Um, Granted you only get a couple months out of the year where it's like prime. But right now it's like 72 and sunny every day, and there's like no humidity, and it's it's incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like San Diego, except yeah. not, but close. you're
2: not in California paying taxes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. $10, I've never gosh. been to Maine. Never you got go Maine.
2: Maine. Do you eat seafood?
0: I like seafood. I mean, Are I eat American? it. American? I'm American, hey, I think.
2: Check the two boxes. That's Maine in a nutshell.
0: Boom. Um,
2: I would say, and I don't mean to oversell Maine because everybody I talked to is always like, my God, you work for like the travel and tourism for for the state of Maine. Um, It has pound for pound the best food scene I, I would stand by across the country. The reason why I say this is for the size of Portland and the number of restaurants they have, you rarely get a bad meal there. As where you go to New York City, which has some of the most prolific restaurants in the world, same right. thing with Los Angeles, Chicago, but it's also a city filled with tons of bad ones. So I'm talking pound for pound. There are restaurants here that have James Beard Awards. The amount of tours that have been flocking to Maine, it's just wild. And the nightlife is amazing. My buddy literally just bought one of the coolest bars ever called the Porthole. If you come to Maine, Port-hole. Port-hole. Porthole was the first bar in Maine to carry Owen. So I'll love them forever for that, but it's on the dock got live music my boy john bought it and he he also bought a 350 person booze cruise called the Casablanca. right out of it so you're on there yeah you take a boat and it takes you all around the island and it's uh it's it's so much fun uh and they do live music on the weekends
1: Um, so you dock it right there like he'll dock
2: it right at the bar the boat will come in at like 8 p.m right after the sun's gone down and people will have been on there for like three hours and it's like uh I don't know the best way to describe it other than it's like the walking dead coming off that boat. Um, <laughs> and it's because people are just like loaded and loaded. had a great time. For my thirtieth birthday a couple years ago, we did my buddies and I did the uh the Casablanca and there was like a a seventies uh like, you know, cover band. Yeah, and I mean we, we, I mean we almost sunk that ship. we were having so much I fun, mean, but it was great. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like the, it's not comparable, people, to the Gateway Clipper back here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, I can tell you that right now. I
2: haven't, I haven't been there, but uh, Pittsburgh is one of the coolest cities too. Great um, city. I, sadly, I don't think it's on par with the restaurants, but there are gems in Pittsburgh. There are some yeah.
1: gem restaurants in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So uh, I'm, a big, a I'm a big foodie, and and I'll tell you, there's some great spots here. So when you come to Pittsburgh, we'll get you dialed in.
2: Yeah, I I have a funny Pittsburgh story story for you. So, when I was selling to a lot of like places in Pittsburgh early on, um I was lucky enough to get into PPG Arena and okay. um, my buddy Nick Fenton runs that uh for Airmark runs that arena and uh he gave he took a chance on us. He brought us during um the this was 2018 season. And we came up with the Yinzer Mule. And I didn't know what the hell a Yinzer was. Oh, and, yeah. um, and so he emailed me. He's like, yeah, I want to call it the Yinzer Mule. It'll be vodka with Owen's ginger beer and lime. We'll sell it. We'll do a playoff cup. Like, can you make me signage? And I go, I think there's like a typo. What's a Yinzer? And he yeah. goes, brother, if you're going to sell in Pittsburgh, you better figure it you out. You better figure quick. it out. And That's so awesome. we made that signage and he was awesome. But the craziest day I've ever had in Pittsburgh was uh, at Pirates at PNC opening day. I was flying in to take some meetings and a couple of clients wanted to go to the pirates game. You guys take opening day really serious. Really um, serious. Bye. And I had no idea. So I flew in that morning on a, I was living in New York at the time. I think I landed at like 8am or something like that. So it was super early. So I went to the hotel to drop off my bags. I was staying right directly across from PPG. I love Pittsburgh cause you can get everywhere so quickly, but the guys that I was with were like, "Hey, meet us in the parking lot at 11:45." And we and they had a tall boy ready for me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" For seven o'clock game days. or something. Well, luckily they had been there for a while, but this was like the one p.m. start, something yeah, right. like that.
1: So we go in,
2: and I had in my head this was like my first Pittsburgh, second Pittsburgh trip. But I was like, I got to get for Monty Bros, I got to watch a little bit of baseball, and then I want to like go home and like relax and then go out to dinner, you know, later that night. I end up at Three Rivers Casino in the sixth inning. Um, I lose <laughs> roughly $1,000 within 30 seconds of stepping foot into that casino. Yeah. Uh, and I was in bed with a Jimmy John sandwich by 7 p.m. And you yeah. smelled like um, a cigarette.
1: Oh, I smelled terrible. Yeah, like a um, dumpster fire. But uh, yeah. it was fun, you know, from what I remember. It's a but great yeah. city. So, t- so tell us a little bit about, um, you know, Owens Mixers. I, Funny enough, I know of it because of the transfusions. I'm a big transfusion guy. The whole history of how you founded it with your brother-in-law, how did it come to that point where we get to Owens Mixers?
2: Yeah, my background comes from food and beverage. Tyler and I, my brother-in-law, we grew up in Portola Valley, California together. He's three years older than me. Tyler was an unreal athlete. The all-time scorer, and, and I always give him a shout out on this because, you know, he, he's washed up. I think he literally, this morning, he told me that he pulled his hamstring playing basketball <laughs> on Sunday or scoring. groin. So I got to at least let people know that he used to be sick. Right. But uh, Tyler was, like, the all-time scoring leader in basketball, football, played football at UCLA all four years. Uh, then went to Columbia Business School, undergrad, I think, uh, political science, something random, but ended up getting into, like, healthcare consulting out of college. I went a different route. I went to the University of South Carolina. I partied for, for uh, fun. And the SEC was unreal. I felt like my idea of what I wanted to do was always on sales. I always felt like I had a passion and affinity for sales, so I wanted to pursue that. When I was a freshman in college, I got to work for Honest Tea. I mean, do you guys know what Honest yeah. Tea is?
0: Yeah. 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 So
2: I worked for the OG Honest Tea Company that was when they put like the actual glass bottles out and it was just tea. And then when I joined, we had come out with honest aid, which was the juices. This is pre Coca-Cola acquisition. So that was like my first, I was their first intern and I worked throughout the Northeast actually in mid Atlantic. So I traveled and did events with them, but then did sales trips because they knew I wanted to sell. So I would like go into Kmart's. I would go into like seven 11's. I would go into like the ghetto. It was the ghetto at the time was Lowell masks. 2007 selling organic tea in Lowell, Mass was very hard to do and I couldn't believe like I said, like they would send me to the hardest parts because I would just go out and grind with these distributors. They eventually got it bought by Coca-Cola and it was like crazy for me to see like a company get bought. Like I was just like, Holy shit. And so then I always knew like in my DNA and in what I wanted to do, I wanted to start like something within food and beverage, a brand. I had uh, worked for a company. My buddy came up with the idea to start Sir Kensington's Ketchup. And Mm -hmm. um, when, when I was at college, he was a couple years older than me. I was his first salesperson. So I would go up and down the streets of Manhattan selling ketchup. And, like, my mom would, like, if you said, what does your son do at the time? She'd be like, oh, he's a traveling ketchup salesman. And I think my mom in her head thought that I was literally knocking on someone's door being like, Hi, can I talk to you about what's in your fridge? Like, she didn't understand that I was, like, selling I, to, like...
1: I will say, but, you know, Heinz 57 is in our backyard, so that's the best sketch of going, so...
2: You know, I I got to give credit where credit is due. Heinz is
1: Goliath. It's,
2: it's incredible. It's the 800-pound girl in the room. It's so it's, good. It's, it's, it is quite possibly, and I, 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 will, I will argue with anybody, it might be the most polarizing po- and positive dominant brand you will ever see. Because people say, "What about Coca Cola?" I go, "There's also like forty percent of America that drinks Pepsi." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Heinz is like ninety eight percent. The other two yeah. percent was Sir or you get Hunts. Hunts that is just like, like who dogs the hell wants support. Hunts? Dude, you don't trust people like that. Let me tell you, their right. Hunts Hunts character. Yeah, that's so sorry to tomatoes. cut you off.
0: You're you're you're
1: knocking. No, 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 no. So,
2: he does it often, Josh. No, I'm 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 the same. So I'm selling ketchup up and down the streets of Manhattan. Truth be told. Where I really had fun was going out at night. I would take out these chefs and we would party so unbelievably hard because chefs have one of the weirdest lifestyles ever. Number 1, <laughs> your hours suck. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt about it. You never see the chef that's like, "Oh, my work-life balance is great." Number 2, <laughs> the only feedback they get is negative. Right. It's like, you know when you say like, "Oh, send my compliments to the chef." what fucking server has ever gone in the back and been like, hey, chef, you crushed it on that. Yeah, they love you. Yeah, Yeah. 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 (laughs) never. It's like, where are my French fries? Or my person said they were gluten-free and now they're like, they're complaining or they they said they were nut-free and now they're on the ground going into shock because you put nuts into it or whatever, right? Like a chef's life is tough. So me as a 21-year-old and a 22-year-old and whatever in New York City, my strategy was take these guys out, party with them, let them know that like, I want to be friends, which was true. Like, all of my chef friends were true friends to me. Um, But I would go out to bars and restaurants and, like, you know, ordering cocktails was always the most uncomfortable experience you could imagine. Like, I knew my steak order. I knew my my burger order or what I would get in an Italian restaurant. But there's something about when somebody says, what do you want to drink, you freeze. And that's why 90% of cocktails are ordered off a menu. And why brands pay so much money to get on the menu is because they know that, like, your average person like us three is going to be like, all right, I'll try the uh, I'll try the Boulevardier or I'll try this martini or whatever. So fast forward doing Sir Kensington's for six years, we were kind of in this position where we knew we were going to get acquired. Um, and my brother-in-law and I, being best friends in New York City, would go to Bleecker Street Sports Bar. And it's like an absolute dump of a dive bar, RIP, because it shut down during the pandemic. And <laughs> the truth is, they just... Pretty sure they took the money and ran. Um, (laughs) But this place was like your stereotypical darts pool. We would drink shots of Jameson, Miller Lite, and he would drink Coors Light. I'm a Miller Lite guy. And uh, that's it. You order a cocktail there. It takes like 20 minutes to come out because people are like trying to get drinks and never comes out the right way. So Tyler was – I would say like on the verge of quitting already his job because he was working like a hundred hours a week. I knew that Sir circumstances was going to be acquired by a bigger company. So we just said like, what can we do together? And I was like, what if we start making cocktail mixers? I was at like this bar the other night and uh, I asked like what ginger beer they use. And they're like, I don't know. And Moscow mules happened to be our favorite cocktail at the time. So we went into his kitchen and started making our versions of Moscow mules from scratch but literally juicing down the ginger, squeezing the limes, cooking the simple syrup, using a soda stream to carbonate it. So that's like how we actually started it is off our own experience. And then we were stupid enough to just go full throttle. In, Wait in, a second. In a, so in an apartment. Yeah. New York New, city apartment, New York city apartment.
1: That. So like a, a bathroom, the size of a bathroom. Yep. You two are in there probably laughing with each other, just joking around and making these Moscow mules. And here we are. I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, if you've seen Breaking Bad, we look like Walter White and Jesse Pinkman already. <laughs> I mean, he has a go—he has a, like a beard, goatee, and That's he so has sad. no hair up top. And I got—I have all my hair, thank God. Um, yeah, I was giving him a hard time about that because he's six four, so gotta find something
1: to trip him about. But so, whenever you guys go through this, did you have friends come over? Hey, try this out uh, and get honest feedback because you know we have a beer, yeah, and everybody that drinks it is like, oh, this is great. And we're like, dude, can somebody just tell us that sucks?
0: Yes. Yeah. Because uh, so,
1: I don't want uh, you to be like... ginger <laughs>
2: beer sucked ass. Like, it was... It tasted too earthy. And I actually blame a lot of people for not giving me that honest feedback. To what you just said, give me the real, you know, like, shoot yeah, me straight. shoot me straight. Um, you really have to dig deep, but you also... There is... It's like being on the show who wants to be a millionaire, and you're waiting for that final answer of the question go up to a perfect stranger and don't give them any context and they will find something wrong with it. Yeah. Like rarely do you win in a situation when you're like leaving it up to chance about this random person making your decision. Like I've been in so many bars where I'll sit there and unless the, the, the bartender gives the person context, like, you know, what do you think of this drink? They say it like that, or you have a chance at winning. But if they're like, do you like this? And the person like that, do you like this such an ugly way to ask a question? Yeah. But, um, when we were first starting, we got high on our own supplies, meaning we were drinking so many of these things. And then my sister's 30th at the time, we threw up uh, a birthday party with all of our friends. We brought like four bottles that we had made that we sealed and those four bottles were gone. I'm not even kidding within like two minutes. And, um, I think we're just the type that we were like, we're not going to ease into it. Like, let's let's send it. So we just started putting money into it and um, making it and selling it.
0: So, so let me was- ask you, you guys, you talked about you actually made the ginger beer. You took the ginger. You broke it down. You did all that shit. Was it the same every time you made it? Like when you hit on something that tasted the way you wanted it to taste or whatever, was that that, Ingredients going forward? Completely. So,
2: we have a, a rule. It's the number number eight rule. Uh, my favorite number was number eight growing up. Maybe it's because of that, but we would do eight iterations of every single product no matter what. You have to find something wrong. And they're like our mint cucumber lime mixer is a perfect example. We nailed it the first time. Then we kept tweaking with it. Then it started tasting like toothpaste. Then it started taking like, tasting like pickle brine, like a pickle back. Uh, but we kept re engineering and reformulating. And the reason why you have to continually push and try different things is because what if you get a manufacturer that goes slightly off on something, and that slightly off is something that you have tested and you know to avoid, or they say, I have this ingredient that I can substitute, or this supplier has this type of cane sugar. You need to know what you're going to get, so it's kind of like you, you need to battle test it before you get to final production, but to the point of you know, were we making it the same? No, it was like every single time it was different, mm-hmm. and then we finally got to what we liked. Um, and that was it.: yeah,
0: so did it branch off from there, like the ginger beer was your staple, correct? That's what yeah. it sounds like.:
2: That's why our, our logo is the mule:
0: Yeah, the mule.
2: We're stubborn about our commitment in, to quality, carries our portfolio, but then we quickly like got into other flavors and we were, pa- I would say quickly, but we were patient. We had the, the mule, so the ginger beer and then the grapefruit for a Paloma um, as our first two items. We didn't touch margarita mix till two years ago, which is crazy, crazy to me now that I think back on it. Cause I was like, oh, there's so many margarita mixes already why would we do a margarita mix? And then I realized, cause we can make it better. Like that's why yeah. we should do a margarita mix.
0: And how's that unit going? Pretty good
2: on fire. I mean, we, we decided to make it slightly carbonated. So it's like a sparkling margarita mix because LaCroix, Pel- San Pellegrino, all these like carbonated waters are so popular right now. And everybody at bars typically asks for like a skinny margarita anyways. So, ours is lighter by nature, but bubbly, so it's actually easier to mask the flavor of the tequila or complement it if it's a good tequila. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And we use 100% agave nectar, real lime juice. I mean, I could drink our margarita mix all All day, day, every night. Like, I truly love that product because I love tequila. And um, you can make a spicy marg, you know, by just throwing in some jalapenos and, and swirling it around, or you can muddle them, or you can add in syrups, but...
1: So it's so, cool. let me ask you something. That's awesome, As, as far as like when you guys... That's really cool. You know, bef- when you guys are doing this in your house or you're in your apartment, did you say, let's take this to some bars in New York, some buddies in New York. You know, you, you have all these contacts. Did you take it to them first as a, hey, check this out, see how this does and let us know. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. So instead of going to the people that I know would say yes,
2: I went to the people that I thought would say no, like right away. So that I could get like, their a real honest judgment. feedback, yeah. Because yeah. to your point, right? Your friends are going to be like, my buddy Euripides, who started Bear Burger. It's like a forty-unit uh, burger chain. He he never even tasted the product and he threw it on the menu because he like we love each other, and right. and and he invested <laughs> like he invested in the brand. He was just like, brother, whatever you push, if it's if it's a, a liquid soap, I'm in. And I was like, yeah. all right, well, it's not. <laughs> it's a mixer. Um, I went to One Oak was the first place. The reason why I went to One Oak. Could never get into that club. (laughs) So uh, line out the door, all the celebrities. You're chasing birdies. Chasing (laughs) birdies, right? Um, So why not? And One Oak, I was there actually when I had the aha moment to start the brand, and I called Tyler the next day. I was at One Oak the night before. It was like my first time truly at One Oak, and my buddy was like a promoter, and he's like, just come, like get a bottle, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't have enough money for a bottle. He's like, I don't know, get a couple of buddies, split it. Getting the bill the next day, you talk about, like, I would equate it in golf to having, like, a perfect round, and then you just absolutely shank one, but then it, like, ruins you unravel <laughs> from there. That's how it felt getting that bill.
0: So peps um, round every day.
2: So we went to One Oak, and Frank McHugh was the director of ops there, and Frank is, like, Irish mob, and, like, he's the man, and he was chain-smoking Marlboro Reds inside with no AC or any ventilation, and I told him about my experience there. I was like, it's kind of funny how you're charging all these bottles prices, but no one can make a cocktail in here. Ooh. He's like, what's your suggestion? And Tyler and I, we went to Kinko's before this, is how bootleg this was and, and got Elmer's glue and put the label that we had designed onto that, that we had like cut out with scissors. And he goes, all right, I'll take 10 cases. No.
0: And you're we like, what? what? <laughs>
2: Wait a minute. And he's, He's like, yeah, I'll take 10 cases, get it on my uh, chef's warehouse order. Didn't have our distributor at the time. Didn't have it produced. So we're like, hey, uh, Frank, if you don't mind, we want to launch this in the fall. It's it's This was in April or May. And we are like, knowing that it's going to take us some time to ramp up. I'm like, we're doing a big launch in the fall. We'd love to keep you a part of it. We walk out of that meeting. Tyler doesn't ever get excited. We're walking. He goes, under his breath, he goes, is this something that we can celebrate? And I was like, we need to fucking party. So then number two, I cold call Delta airlines. I don't know the sky clubs. There's sky clubs everywhere. Talk about a random cold call. Number two, I get a meeting. I go down to Atlanta.
1: Wait a minute. We got into all I can't sky even clubs change my ticket meeting. time. And you're getting to somebody to have a meeting with.
2: I, I, I do want to pat myself on the back on one thing. I can cold call anybody. You can put me on the spot right now. I will get through That's- to anybody. I mean, I love cold yeah. calling. Yeah. I think it's the it's, it where there, Hey, where there's a no, there's a yes, um, my man. Are you guys fans yeah. of The Office? Yes. Remember Dwight's famous quote, blood alone moves the wheels of society? Yeah. Yeah. Cold calling yeah, that's yeah. It. are those wheels. That's you know? it. <laughs> um, yeah. So then number three was... Delta. Well, how'd it go with Delta? Delta, they they're like, we have inconsistencies in the bar. It's really annoying. Do you have national distribution? That one was a tough question. So to what do you
0: say to that? You pivot. Uh, I
2: said, I said, well, I, since I know these distributors who they are or who I thought they were, the food distributors at the time, I said, I'm getting set up nationally with Cisco. We'll be ready in five months. So pre-selling to all these places was a key to gaining confidence. But I also felt like this very false sense of just, like, indestructible, indestructible nature, meaning there was no right. one that could stop us. And I still feel that today, but reality checks were coming, you know? And um, I just knew if we could at least stack the deck with as many yeses before we went to production, I would at least feel better about our own financial stake in the company and then going yeah. in and raising money.
0: Yeah, and I saw you yeah. guys raise... You know, it's a couple rounds of VC-backed funding, which, I mean, that had to be a process in itself. I can't imagine the hurdles. M- maybe not. I mean, it depends upon, you know, who you're linked up with. But still, at the end of the day, you know, you got to have your shit together in order to raise that type of dough. So you pivot from that. You kind of get rolling. And you're not that old of a company. I mean, Owens Mixers is six years.
2: Six years. Nationwide
0: yeah. distribution. Yeah. How do you get in bed with Barstool?
2: So Barstool used to, I knew somebody, her name's Becca. She's at Barstool now. I used to throw these parties.
1: um, There's a common common denominator. What's that, bud? love to party. We'll get into (laughs) golf. (laughs) Love to party. So every club
2: that I would want to get into or bar would be like, okay, but what's that going to do for me? And I'd be like, I don't know. I I could probably get my friends to show up and drink some. (laughs) With that help, he goes, This literally started as a conversation is you get like 10 friends here on a Friday night and we'll carry your product. Then we're throwing thousand person Super Bowl parties with Tao Group where Little John, Shaq West, Ray Strummer, Too Short are all performing that. Like you talk about like just like a crazy like trajectory of like, what the hell? This party is awesome. (laughs) Um, They used to come to our parties, though. Uh, a, A lot of people came to our parties. And so we would launch them in different bars and I, we were hosting, like, I felt like a promoter at the very beginning. I like, thank God we've like kind of geared away from that, but, um, we would be hosting them all over the city. And so we would do Facebook group invites and we would try to get as many people aware of what's going on. And then they would show up and buy. When I reached out to Barstool, it was this girl, Becca had taken a job there. She had worked in media elsewhere. And I said, hey, I've got an idea. And we had the transfusion in mind because we wanted to make a transfusion mix. Um, We want to sit down with you guys about doing it. And she's like, wait, like, you mean the brand that I used to go to these? Like, I didn't know Becca was at Barstool yet. My friend was like, hey, Becca is at Barstool now. And I was like, wait a second. She used to come to our parties, right? And he's like, yeah, you're in. So then we got meetings set up. In those meetings, Barstool had a lot of due diligence about, like, you know, what what do we want to do with this? You know, you can buy ads and stuff like that, but like, if you want a true all-encompassing partnership, you have to have uh, a plan in place and structure and you have to be able to scale this. And so we laid it out. um, We signed the partnership. We launched the partnership April 15th and the world shut down a month prior uh, with the pandemic. So like, I mean, we were planning on like a huge Hampton launch party. We were planning on like a New York city you know, all across country. So it, it drastically shifted very quickly as to what our original plan is with Barstool. And then one of my buddies, Mike Martinez, was really close with Riggs. So while we were starting those initial conversations, I had a couple calls with Riggs where I was like, hey, I need your real input on this. You know, what do you think about doing the transfusion? And Riggs was like, dude, I've been, I've been wanting to do this forever, transfusion. I've been talking about him for years on my podcast. So Riggs and I went golfing. We came up with a recipe together. He tested all of the flavors, and 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 same with Erica, same with Dave. Everybody at Barstool was very involved with the flavor development, and it was like a whole process. But it's just crazy to like look back on that, you know, and and say we. I mean, transfusions were popular. Barstool no put them put on, them the, on map. the map, though, like nationally. Yeah, like no, it's crazy. You can't go to a golf course. And and not see a transfusion, and then majority of the time it's with our stuff. Yeah. Thank God, but there's also a lot of phonies out there that are trying to rip us off with like RTDs crap like that. And well, I could Pine go Hearst, in on Pinehurst. Pinehurst has th- the goat.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, so we have tied, tight ties in Pinehurst. We've been going there for years, and you know the Cradle hasn't like like it's water. I mean, they got it everywhere.
2: Cradle Cradle is an absolute beast of like. I think that might quite possibly could be a grown man or, or woman's dream vacation if they like golf. Yeah. That single spot of Pinehurst, I, I don't know a better vibe on the planet. They're they're bumping music. My buddy Ben Bridgers, is the director of golf there. I don't know if you guys know him, but I've heard he of really like pioneered and and grandfathered Owen to getting in there. And now they like put it at the cradle crossing bar that they have there. You can go around barefoot. You can get as drunk as you want. You can stay as sober as you want. Like, it's just – and when the, when the weather's great, like, I really don't know a better place
1: for golf. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. I got two questions, actually. So, you know, the quality control of this has to be really good because, you know, like you said, one little ingredient that's a little different can change the whole taste. So did you guys go through a couple different companies to find the company? Because you had to interview these companies to get – that are going to manufacture this.
2: You have to like, so we have four manufacturing facilities across the country. Holy shit. Um, We do some pretty deep, deep due diligence. And they do as well, you know, to give them a shout out. They they do a good job with picking their partners. Here's what people don't think about is that operationally, the way you make the most money is you have heavy machinery running at all times. The reason why you're running at all times is when you turn on a switch and you have go, you need it to run as consistently and long as possible so that you're maximizing number of units being made and you are just spitting out, you know, bottle can after can. Um, And so really good manufacturers are hard to come by, thus making it highly competitive to get into the top manufacturers. So what happens is, unfortunately, a lot of brands never really take off, take out the marketing or salesmanship, but really from a manufacturing standpoint, because they can't find a consistent manufacturer to make their product that's reliable, that they'll do it on time. We still deal, even some of the best facilities across the country will be behind on schedules. We had a shipment of a, a container of glass that literally went missing and no one could give us information on it. And like, it, it's still to this day, we, it's like, it's an absolute mystery. So there are these, these hurdles and obstacles that you're going to face, but with manufacturing, they're not going to just take a small brand and be like, let's stop, you know, uh, Red Bull or let's stop, you know, whatever beverage it is to make, you know, this little piss ant brand. So we had to like prove that we could do volume and get into those places. So it's like an, inter- it's a two way yeah. interview.
0: Wow, man. I tell you what, in in a short thirty two minutes of the synopsis of Owens Craft Mixers, I mean that is a lot of shit, man.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it feel, it certainly feels like uh, I I always use the saying you're either the janitor, you're either the founder or the janitor, and most yeah. days you're the janitor.
1: Um, Dealing with all so. that. So my Netflix. other question, my other question is, are you international yet? Canada, yes. Um, not
2: anywhere else, and there's a a, a real reason for that. When taxes I was and stuff like days. like the tax. No, it's just more like like. Do you really know what's going on with your product when you ship it overseas? You're like, sure, sales are great, but what if somebody's buying it, reselling it, putting it at a ridiculous price, and then that person internationally does not have a good experience with it? I look at Tito's Vodka. Tito's Vodka wasn't is a 25 year old brand, the best brand. I put I would put Tito's close up there with Heinz, honestly, with like brand, like power and like how much people love it, cult following, price point, everything. But a lot of people don't realize that Tito's is an overnight success. Tito himself built this brand over 25 years with amazing people behind it. They weren't international probably until about eight years ago or 10 years ago. And now they're like, that's why they're going to see even more of an increase in growth. But it's just like, you don't know always what's going on. When we were doing Sir Kensington's, our ketchup was very, very popular in Japan. We couldn't figure out why took one trip to realize that a lot of people were using it as uh pasta sauce what pasta sauce weird yeah. right i wouldn't even... No, neither would i but it's whole tomatoes there's sugar in it and you know yeah it's tomato and they, you know so it just goes to show you it's like weird things that you don't know
1: that's going to happen when you sell internationally so
0: so with the go ahead Pep.
1: you're obviously very busy with uh owens mixers right now but A true passion is golf. So how did you get involved in the great game of golf?
2: I did not grow up playing golf. I would play maybe once a year. I never owned my own set of clubs. My dad was really into golf, but I played baseball. So summers were like baseball and uh, basketball and football and golf. I played maybe more than once a year, but never owned a set. You can still see it in my swing, like any other baseball player. Uh, it's like I, had, I Well, recently I fixed it, but I had a natural draw, a.k.a. Right. you have a hook, brother, it, and yeah. it, it a natural draw. But um, right when the pandemic hit, uh, my girlfriend and I decided to move back to Maine uh, at the end of April because we're like, we don't know how this is going to go. It's a bigger house than what we had in our small apartment. So I moved out to Maine, and I joined a, my country club here. It's called Purpudic. And I was like, disciplined in the sense that I was like, I'm gonna try to play three, four times a week, and teach myself how to play golf. And so um, I hit up my buddy from TaylorMade, and he's like, I got you. Send me some some clubs on discount. Um, I I said to him, I was like, I gotta pay like something for these because I might like end up having to sell them at some point if I'm not good. And I'll never forget the first day out on the tee box. You guys talk about like a fucking wild world. This guy in his fifties and his son who's like 18 were like, Hey, are you on the box with us? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, you remember? I go, yeah. And so we tee off. His guy's name's Bruce and, and Teddy by the third hole. This guy goes, so, uh, what, what do you do in the booze industry? And I was like, what? Like, what a weird, like, you know, how did he you know that? And I'm like, Oh, Hey stupid. Your head cover is a, uh, transfusion head cover and it says <laughs> Owen's on my bag. And I go, oh, I make uh, cocktail mixers. And the son goes, wait, are, are you Owen? I was like, well, it's it's my company. It's my great-great-grandfather. He goes, oh, I love Barstool. Like, blah, blah, blah. Because he had heard the ad reads. We hadn't even come out with a transfusion yet because this is, you know, May 2nd of 2020. We launched it in July. And then I said to Bruce, I go, so what do you do? He goes, I started Shipyard Brewing with uh, my cousin Fred. And a shipyard. If you don't know what shipyard is, one of the best original OG craft beer brands in the country. They created Pumpkinhead, which everybody rips off. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. Um,
2: But they're OGs in the beer game. And I'm like, what the like of all people to get paired with? And I'm a firm believer in in weird fate. um, Yeah. But uh, Bruce and I still play now at least two or three times a week. I'm actually going to be on W. I'm going to be on the big jab with him tomorrow. Um, but he helped me get like four different distributors in the, in the Northeast, like within a month after like hanging with him. And so golf to me is everyone knows it's like the greatest connector of all things. But what I love about it is you can suck at this sport and play with somebody who's unbelievably unreal and still network get along. Of course, it's not enjoyable watching yourself shank it in front of, um, somebody who's ridiculously good, but at least if you're not an asshole and you play fast and you and you uh, are personable and you respect the game, you can make friends everywhere.
1: Listen, oh, my God. My, I'm all about the fast play, a That's good the cigar, truth. and and let's just keep remembering. I don't take a and, practice swing, Pep. You would love I don't, it. I don't even take a going Go in I, and raw. I, I do, too. I'm, I'm a raw, up a cut. I raw yeah. dog. I rod dog So
0: Well, y'all, he, Jonathan's he's a scratch golfer. Uh, I mean, we both play at zeroes. Uh, not every day. I feel
2: bad for you guys. That must be so hard.
0: Well, but it, it, it's that, it is hard right now. <laughs> that's the point. Like we don't like me personally. It's not even like I would love to have a boosted handicap. I would love to be able to go Ugh. to a tournament and be a three or four handicap because frankly, more than likely I'm going to shoot 75, 76. I mean, granted I could, I could get it lower, but it's not that consistent. Um, So the handicap system kind of screws us in a way, especially He and I remember guest partners twice a year. This year, we're gonna have to get some Owens going uh, next week. Pep.
2: Well, we just got picked up by Fuhrer.
0: Oh no way! Frank
2: Fuer, Pittsburgh. Yeah, and uh, they're telling me that uh, this is gonna be everywhere. So good.
1: Well, well, they're uh, they're very uh, Pittsburgh a lot. They're very tied in with Oakmont Country Club, so that
2: was uh, that was like uh, one of the most torturous rounds in my lifetime. Mick, uh, as you guys know, and Shay took me out there. Uh, Shay Waldron and Mick uh, and Shay were so gracious to have me out there. Jack Summers was our host, and I get out there, and I I thought I'd, I bombed a drive down the left side. I'd never seen rough like <laughs> this in my life. Oh, and good. my caddy's like, just go lateral, take a pitching wedge, and get out. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? And I get out my five iron like a dickhead
0: <laughs> and just
2: throw it down into the rough. And then I hit I hit what felt like the perfect third shot and it hits the green and it just rolls forever. Yeah. I mean, that course was a beauty, but oh, I've never been more happy to go get a cold
1: ass beer in my life.
0: That's a quick seven. That yeah.
1: Yeah. We cool. just yeah. played there um, last Tuesday and in, in Wednesday. So it, it was, a, it was a tough one. Um, yeah. So for, so for wait a you, second.
0: I was just going to ask Josh because he's got such a good connection, like with the PGA Tour, like because I know when you and I spoke a month or so ago, you're going to the PGA Championship, yeah. And and obviously this episode is going to air after the U.S. Open, which is coming up here now. But you know, does having Owens kind of in the golf world a little bit because of Barstool and foreplay, does that allow you to get into some of these events and interact with some people? And you know, again, because golf is a connecting sport, what you just yeah. mentioned. So how has that shaped your business a little bit?
2: So golf has been an entry level for our brand to, I would say just your average American that, that obviously golf, but like it's almost like a, it's a way to get to a very specific demographic. Mm -hmm. Like we, we are finding active people. We're finding people that live typically in like warmer climates, you know, take out the summers, right? Because like everywhere in the Northeast is gorgeous in the summer, but like what, like where we index really high during majority of the year is Arizona, California, Texas, Florida. That shouldn't be shocking anybody. And then the Carolinas, because you can golf year round there. With the access to the tournaments, I've now been fortunate enough to go to, I think I've been to eight tournaments this year. Wow. Um, and it's been, and so you, you awesome. I say that and I can see your face being like, oh, that's so badass. That's killer. These tournaments are a grind. Like it's making sure the product's there the distributor dropped off the right amount. I'm going to literally like I at the PGA championship we had 109 points of distribution at Southern Hills, meaning 109 different little POS stalls that had di- selling transfusion margarita and mule. And um Damn. I brought my team with a, a couple of my team members and, you know, I said before the before we went, I said, "Hey, this is going to this this is going to be fun." But guess what? The next two days, the first two days of this tournament, we are going to hit all 109 bars and shake the hand of every single bartender, tell them about our product, literally give them the pitches if they're a buyer, and make them team Owens. Because just because we got into the tournament, mm-hmm. selling wasn't done. Like,
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want to
2: be the number one cocktail.
0: Yeah.
2: We were the number one selling cocktail at Ryder Cup last year, and that's, and took about a tough course to friggin' walk. Oh, to go damn. through Staff trains, whistling straights. My God, they might as well. I'm pretty sure it's like the, uh, in, uh, the Hobbit or whatever, with those type of mountains, you're like walking up these like fairways and you're just like exhausted. But the whole point is that I want everybody that is going to be a part of my brand or serving it or talking about it. I want them to to know what, what was so impactful for me to start it, but also why they should care about it. Yeah. That it's going to make their, their lives easier to make this drink and they're going to get more tips because they're sell more drinks because of it. And then the person who's ordering the drink is going to get the drink faster. They're going have to wait in line so they can go see more golf. They're going to drink and be like, that's the best cocktail I've ever had. So those are the things that go into like the PGA Tour. The tournaments themselves, the reason why like it's so incredible is you get exposed to so many people uh, at once, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone's mm-hmm. there to have a good time. You look at waste management. Not everybody remembers their trip mm-hmm. um, as where well, PGA Championship is a lot more serious. US Open will be ser- super serious this week. But there have been some really fun tournaments like Dell Match Play is a badass time.
0: Um, Austin, the
2: Tito Stillhouse there was killer. You're like right on that little lake right there and just drinking. Um but yeah, the PGA tour is uh it it's it's pretty killer.
1: So basically, your your product gets to the event but it's not sold. But no, if they don't no, no. sell it, it just it goes back.
2: Sure, but we're on menus and right. and um yeah, but my exactly,
1: right.
2: exactly what you just said. If it doesn't get moved, I, I'm like a vacuum salesman. I'm like, you don't like it, I'll take it back. You yeah. Know, after you know the the Orik the the 30 day challenge, or whatever, I'll be like, because I'll put my money where my mouth is. Our drinks are going to sell. The best was Pebble Beach this year, the AT T Pro Am. The guy's like, I'll take in 50 cases, and you would have thought taking in 50 cases was like that sounds like a lot, but in our world, that's actually really small for a big tournament like that he, I showed up to the tournament on Thursday, Friday afternoon, he called me and said, we're sold out. Where can I get more product? And I go, sorry, we're out. Like, you know, we're not, we don't have it. You you don't have a delivery coming. I can try to go to some local stores, but you need like 150, 200 more. Um, so that's why we really pride ourselves on our our service level of what we're trying to do as a brand.
1: Well, that's what everybody, you know, right now, if you can have a service behind your product, and it's a good product. It doesn't matter how good your product is. If you don't have service and you don't have a good team in place, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're you're shit out of luck if
2: um, you think that someone's going to do the job for you. So So. where's your
1: favorite uh, place to play golf? Northeast, south, Midwest?
2: Time of year is very important. Um, Tobacco Road Mm. on a October summer night, or not summer, fall night. Good spot. Cool. Oh, hard to beat that place. Like in terms of like layout, oh, yeah. courses, it's, it's a weird, funky course, but like, I feel like I'm um in the middle of nowhere, you know, there. And I'm like one with nature and I'm like just getting beat up by a course. And I'm like with my boys having a good time. I have the same foursome that I travel with. Um, so I love Tobacco Road. Prairie Club in Valentine, Nebraska. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I do an annual...
0: Yeah, n- never played.
2: Got to get you guys out there. Uh two eighteens, five five and a half hour drive from Denver. On the way, you stop at Ballyneal. Ballyneal. Oh, yeah. That place is
1: smoke shit. Tom
2: Doak Design. That place... Ballyneal, Dave is the GM there. And Dave, like, hosted us. And, and he started laughing. He goes, just a heads up, it's 25 uh, mile per hour winds.
0: Oh, dear God.
2: And, like... <laughs> We were getting yeah. killed out there. It was incredible. A <laughs> bunch of feral cats on the putting green.
1: It was like, it was so, so cool. So you got like a little bash out running around. Yeah. All right, there it is. <laughs> so the other part, the
2: other places that I absolutely love, I mean, I'm biased. I love Perpudic here, you know, for easy 18 for me. And then Pinehurst is like home for the brand. Like that's where Owens was created is for transfusion. That's like that, that, that was our OG spot. I'm forever grateful to them. So yeah. Pine
1: Needles is where I play
2: at. Kelly Miller is a friend of mine. He's a hell of a guy.
1: So Blair's one of my good Blair. friends.
2: Nice. So you know? Yeah. Do, you, do you know the backstory of, of Kelly?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. He I know. involved at
2: University of Alabama. I mean, he's a he's unreal. His mom was on the LPGA tour. Like,
1: so you know the, the third hole dying. Pine Needles on the tee box. That's my family's house. No shit. Yeah.
2: Well, well, I gotta hit you up when I'm down there.
1: Let's um, do it. I'm
2: gonna tell you a pine needle story, because I I need to roast my friend Shay. He's a great golfer, um, but Shay's a, a a rather bigger fellow, and he's still like a one handicap or two handicap. We had we had played mid pines that morning, 18 holes, and we Kelly's like, hey, uh, come over to pine needles. We'll have lunch, and then we'll get you set up with the scooters. Like, you're probably too tired to walk anyways. So we get those little scooters. And, yes, we had had, like, eight transfusions each by this time. (laughs) I don't know the exact hole, but I know it's on the back nine. It's uh, a par three that it's, like, elevated above it, and you're hitting down right. 13. okay. Shay went to put his bike up on, like, the side because he was going to walk over to the green. And all I hear is, oh, man, Jesus Christ! Like, and boom. <laughs> and he dumped it into the 13 bunker.
0: Oh, like dear God. Like, he fell
2: over because he was getting off, and, you know, you pull the gas.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And then he jumped to get on it, and he just dumped it. And I've never laughed so hard in my life, but we went and got every rake. We fixed the bunker. It wasn't. There's no damage to it, but, like, I've oh, never man. laughed so hard in my life. But Those things are fucking dangerous.
1: Yeah, all uh- Look
0: at that scooter I got behind me. I got one of those fat scoots.
1: Are those the ones that you ride um, on or yeah, in out in Arizona? Yeah. Like you sit up, they're like a chopper.
0: That's but wild. It never leaves my garage because the golf clubs I'm members at, I can't well one's a walking <laughs> only, so I, I won't even entertain it. But the other course I'm a member at, they told me no, so um down at uh, Pete's My course
2: if we won't let me have my branded I have a Owens Transfusion golf cart that I, I drive should. to the course, but I'm not allowed to bring it on. They're like it's an insurance risk.
0: That's what they told me sign too, a and I said,
2: right, "Let me sign a waiver." How I hard said, is that, I
0: said, Anybody
2: can use my cart too. Like, if it, if it, if it's an issue that I'll be treated differently. Golf has changed a lot. There are some things that are still so far behind.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it. It is. I mean we we have a progressive movement in golf. When you look at the way golf's played, when how it's played, look at the Live Tour now, where it's played, what's being played for, but then. It always goes back to this conservative role some some somewhere along the line.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's definitely, like, always needs to be maintained respect for the game. But at the same time, let's be real. Michael Jordan was the first one to wear longer shorts. No one wore longer shorts until Michael Jordan came around. And then we went through that, like, period where people were – I think there's like, that famous, like, Syracuse – I can't remember who the basketball player was. Remember he had his, like, shorts to the ground? Mid-calf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Now people are loving short shorts again, but things change,
0: uh-huh. and yeah, it's good.
2: For sure. And you just need to adapt with it. Yeah, yeah, so, that's sure. it, brother. I'll
1: tell you. I'll tell you where we need to introduce Josh to, and I. I don't think he's in there. Are you in Nemacolin Resort in Farmington, PA?
2: No, but we just because we just got distribution. But that place looks unreal.
1: So they're a partner of ours, um, and we're actually putting a concert on uh, on their August fifteenth. It'd be a great time for y'all to come offer some Owens mixers to, to everyone. We're going to have our Chase and Birdies Blondale there and then uh, tie in your mixers with some of the drinks. Uh, we'll I would love to do that. for you. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and, for sure. And then Nemecone, they just recently redid it, correct? Like it's a oh, gorgeous. Dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Were they going to
2: film like the Bachelor Bachelorette there? They something? had the Bachelor. They did that, there. yeah. Yeah. So we were going to do an event with uh, activation with Barstool there, actually. Um, and it fell through last minute, but that place is just, uh, it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. so I,
1: we'll we'll make an introduction again. That'd be great. It's five star through and through. But you know, we're bringing in Matt Stell, country singer Matt Stell, Colt Ford, Josh Miranda, and George Burge. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but they're all coming in. They're going to play on Monday. We're going to have some other hockey players there, baseball players, and and kind of hang out. And- Super down for that. You kidding me? In August, that's a that's a no brainer. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah
2: we'll definitely get we'll definitely get cocktails going these countries that's you know what you guys are putting on right there. That's an example of the chi- that times are changing. When would anybody go to a golf club for a concert?
0: yeah, right no you know? exactly.
2: um Lee Bryce does like several concerts for ClubCorp now called Invited a year at their different clubs across the country. like it's I love that model. If I were yeah. an uh, aspiring musician or even an established one I would do the country club tour. Yeah. I would just be like, "Hey, Pinehurst, I'll come play for free. Uh, you sell tickets, then let me get 10% of the proceeds or something." You yeah. know? Like I yeah, would just or, just or just or, or just play. Just
1: whenever I want to come here and bring some buddies, take care of Hook me. Hook me up with a round. Yep. Oh, you know, yeah,
0: our so, one of our former guests, Tyler Reeve, he's in that playing through group with Cole Swindell and Chase Rice, you know, and they just played down yep. Sage Valley. So yeah, Cole no, Taylor's that, a great
2: guy. Cole Taylor's a great guy. I played golf with him at uh Old Hickory. Okay, yeah, oh,
0: um, yeah. the Hick. Yeah, the baby. Hick. Great course. That was
2: a drunk round.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, especially if you saw daily there.
2: Well, da- yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: in his RV. I saw Daly
2: there. He, I took a shot of Crown XO with him, which I didn't even know was a, <laughs> a spirit the thing.
1: I didn't know it was a thing. I know,
2: Crown Royal. I didn't know they had like an XO version. Right.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and,
0: oh, shit.
2: Um, everybody told me John Daly doesn't drink anymore, stuff like that. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> it's what he won't drink
1: is what you have to question. Yeah, yeah, ripping heaters and drinking whatever comes in his way. Heaters, no shoes on, playing golf, and just absolutely crushing it.
0: Dude, Old Hickory's great. I mean...
1: He parks his RV in the parking lot. Uh, yeah. Everywhere. He, d- a- he's, he comes to Nemecolon, dude. He parks his RV there, and he's just.
0: That is a great spot, man. I mean, they got a good yeah. thing going at, at Old Hick. They,
1: and uh,
2: Old Hick got purchased by the guy that owns Tootsies and a bunch of yeah. other, like, honky-tonk bars. So they were, like, I, I truly think what Hick is doing is where a lot of places need to be headed or are already headed towards, which is that entertainment factor, but also the level of F&B. Um mm-hmm. that you, you would want. Yeah. You know, from like a high end restaurant or just like a high end sports bar.
0: No, you're right. I mean, they do it right. And um, you know, that that's the way the game's kind of migrating right now. I mean, look, we gotta pay to play, bottom line. We're not getting paid to play. So if we gotta pay to play, we wanna be somewhere where there's a good vibe, not too you know, we love the traditional courses, don't get me wrong. I mean, I have no problem with any of that. But in terms of, of the reality of where the game's going, that's definitely I mean look at Discovery the, the land company with Troubadour. Troubadour you know, Yellowstone Club. I mean, that's where it's going. But uh and yeah. a lot of the young guys on tour kinda Probably infused us with up. that. But um Yeah. Well Josh, we're gonna we're gonna transition this show. It's been so awesome hearing your story and Thank talking about me, golf. Go I mean yeah. um so we're gonna transition this to our last segment called the tap in segment. Brought to you, everyone, by bet Golf. And Jonathan's going to ask you three or four questions that demand your quick-witted response, so I'll let him take it from here.
1: All right, my man. Drink of choice on the course. Transfusion, no-brainer. Duh, next. <laughs> Lowest round and where? 77, three days ago at Perpudic.
0: Let's go. Let's go. He's on a heater.
2: I, I, okay, you want to talk about being inappropriate on a golf course? I screamed out of like I screamed, Let's fucking go. I then bowed in front of the flagpole or the five stick.
1: Yeah. I Met go into the, the, clubhouse, the
2: club cl- Exactly. I go into the clubhouse, the club president goes, Did I just see you bow in front of the eighteenth <laughs> and I go, Course record, don't talk to me. And he goes, Did you set the course record? I go, My fucking course record Slopped, Slapped slapped so.
1: him on the ass and kept it moving. I was like, oh, next shit. question, Chief. Good for um, you. Favorite PGA Tour stop. I mean, oh man, I would say favorite PGA
2: Tour stop. I had a really fun time at Southern Hills, so I'm biased right now. Um, yeah.
1: Biggest accomplishment since being a founder of Owens. We're still here, baby. That's that's yeah. our biggest accomplishment, and we're and we're crushing,
2: and we've got. And I think the biggest accomplishment truly is the team that we built, because it it, it re- like I consider them family. But it really like that will be, I think, our greatest accomplishment is the foundation that we built to create a generational brand, meaning it's not two guys just making a mixer in a kitchen and selling it and going out there. Everybody from our senior vice president to our newest employees, everybody fucking matters. And they they grind like it does. So that is by far my most important.
0: I got a quick one for you real quick to, to the listeners out there, the, the young, young bucks and maybe even the older cats. Advice for the entrepreneurs out there.
2: Um, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster. Don't let you get, get your highs too high and your lows too low. I remember like, dude, Meister those days, if I got a, a, like a major sale, I'd be ready to rip my shirt off and crank out 100 push-ups. Like I'd be ready to <laughs> hit the bar, go take a shot of JMO. And then in the days that like I would lose a deal or something like that, I'd be like, I can't even fathom like continuing to to be a business. Um, (laughs) I just think keeping your emotions in check will be the hardest. You could tell people, Oh, it's networking. It's, it's, it's working a hundred hours a week, stuff like that. Bullshit. It's being emotionally mature enough to be able to handle what comes at you, whether it's good or bad, because, Mm If you start a business in the first place and it's showing the littlest amount of success, you need to be mature in, in how you handle it. hmm
0: Yeah, that's, that's good advice, good words people. Words right there, my man. Well, hard Josh, to, man.
1: Hard to <laughs> well, yeah. I'm gonna leave you with this, my man. Chip it and sip it. All right. So I like it. Sink it and drink it. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh, that was a good one. That's a good one.
1: Is that like a witty enough,
2: you know, response? Yeah, that was yeah. witty.
0: That was witty, bro. Yeah. I liked it. Josh, my man, thanks so much for joining us here on Chasing Birdies. Thank you, guys. And, uh, this
2: was uh, epic.
0: We look forward to getting together special. with our man Mick Lemieux. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. And JR, and, and we'll all get together at some point, play some golf, maybe have a couple of transfusions, and, and then forget what we did the next day. Sounds
2: like we need to do it soon, so I appreciate I, I you guys agree. having me on. All right, I buddy. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, Josh.
0: Take care. Take care, my man. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. That was my man Josh. Love and life. Love and life,
1: dude. I love the ketchup stories.
0: Ketchup, I know, right?
1: I mean, he was he was knocking on doors selling ketchup. It's, just, I mean, but again, he was a grinder, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you sit there. The more he talked about for a bartender, it makes sense for Owens Mixers because you're cutting down on time. Everything's mm-hmm. equally, you know, poured out. Uh-huh. Um, what does that in turn mean for a bartender? That means more tips, more money, more customers, more drinks. So they got a nice little niche carved out there. And like you said, there's a lot of people trying to copy you. Yeah, they just can't do it.
0: well I tell and it, that's man. the
1: great—that's the greatest, you know, compliment you can get is when people want to copy you.
0: Yeah, I ran into the liquor store here on Father's Day last week and uh, saw all the Owens mixers and the transfusion mix, um, and being carried CVS across the nation. So, I mean, this guy's chasing birdies in life like no other person. Um, Shout-out to Mick Lemieux for making that connection um, on Chasing Birdies here with Josh. So, Josh, we appreciate you coming on, my man. Keep doing what you're doing. But and, I, I uh,
1: can't tell you how proud I am, uh, you know, you and Jr. Mm. To fill each other out and, and make it successful, the first member guest. That's yeah. Good on you guys, all right?
0: Yeah. No, man. He, he's, he's a beaut, like I said. Tango, Tango. plays last round of golf in uh, two years, so that's good. Tango, when you got JR and Tango together, it is actually a comedy show. I mean, these two together, dude, I could sit there all day and just listen to them talk and banter back and forth. It's, it's nonstop. Hilarious. It's nonstop. 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 But
1: that's why what we do with everyone. We love it. Um, really? I can't wait for the next episode. This was a great episode. The next episode is with uh, country artist george burge now colt ford former guest good friend of the show told us that george's club head speed is 125 miles an hour he played at the university of texas with jonathan vegas he was on the same team i think they won a national championship together and we got to play oakmont tuesday and wednesday with him so uh it was a blast to see oh my god and it's a great episode he apparently he has a song you know his one song is going to uh be up there here comes September 1 which and again make sure you reserve Nemecolon August 15th concert George Burge Colt Ford Matt Stell Josh mm-hmm. Miranda I mean Miranda FaceTimed me last week but member guest he, they, they are so excited for it and he's telling me how he's putting the towel in his bag for the second day of the member guest the boys are ready um, but George is a good was it was a good episode
0: yeah did you know that he was in a band Water Waterloo Revival? Something like that. Mm-mm. And kinda of left. He was writing songs and now he's, you know, doing his whole damn thing. So um But anyways, guys, listen, we appreciate you listening here on Chasing Birdies. Be sure to follow us here on Instagram, chasing underscore birdies. Check out chasing Maybe you get yourself a cool hat, maybe a little t shirt. We'll keep rolling out some good swag. And stay tuned. I've been I've been dialed in the hat so. Uh, buddy, you're you're. I tell you what, man, you're doing good with these hats. Keep it up. They they hit fresh, especially the beanie. That's a little. Hint. Uh,
1: so, what's the day that this George Bird is dropping? Can you give us that date, or are we um, just in two weeks?
0: Yeah. So that's going to be on the seventh of July. We're going to be past the Fourth of July holiday. Damn. Perfect. Time is flying.
1: That's awesome. So. Again, guys, birdies.com now. Uh underscore birdies. Like us on Instagram. Make sure you tee it high and let it fly this weekend. We're about sure. to go roll up, defend our championship title, Pikewood National. Y'all have a good weekend.
0: Hey, guys, thanks for listening again on Chase and Birdies. Thank you to Evo and his team at Simpler Media for putting this thing together. Rachel London and Jacqueline for all your social media. Help here at Chase and Birdies, and uh, y'all have a good one.